Humans have a profound need to make sense of our experience. And one of the primary ways we do that is through stories. When we think we're responding to a person, experience, or feeling, what we're usually really responding to is the story we're telling ourselves about that experience. And when we confuse interpretation with reality, we give our stories a degree of power and influence over us they don't deserve. My name is Scott Swanson, and I love helping people develop fresh insight into the stories that guide their lives. Because insight brings choice, and choice empowers and frees. What stories we tell to interpret our experience matter. Doing a better job of interpreting what's going on around and inside us can make for a better life and a better world. I decided to do this episode on managing stress. Stress is a big issue for millennials. It's a big issue for most, if not all of us, really. Uh, but it's a big issue for millennials. And since that's the group who I am working with, and since there is material inside the program I've created on how to manage stress, I thought it would be a good topic for today. Once I decided on the topic, the next step was to start doing some research. Here's a little peek behind the camera. I decided to use this new tool that I'm sure you've heard of by now called ChatGPT. It's an artificial intelligence program, and it really is quite amazing. The script from this podcast is was not created by ChatGPT, but that was the first step I took just to see what would come up. So I asked it to write a blog post for me on how to manage stress, and it did that. I'm not going to pretend I understand how chat GPT or uh, AI in general works. I don't. With my level of understanding, all computer technology operates on what I like to call the PFM principle. I'll let you figure out what that means. What I think I know is that AI doesn't think the way humans think. If I have it right, chat GPT and programs like that use algorithms whatever those are, to sift through language and produce a text based on the predictions that come from its analysis of the text that it already has access to, which is basically everything in English on the web, on the World Wide Web. So it didn't surprise me at all when the blog post that ChatGPT produced for me sounded remarkably like a thousand other blog posts on how to manage stress which means that unless this is the first time that you have looked up online how to manage stress, if I could use that blog post as the script for this podcast, you would have learned precisely nothing. I am not here to waste anybody's time, not yours, not mine. So I'm not going to do that. Don't get me wrong. It's not that the suggestions that the article made aren't helpful. They are. They are all fine strategies and practices that we can put in place that will help us to manage our stress. And many of them are things that I talk about one way or another inside the course I made. In fact, how about we get the suspense out of the way right now and I just tell you what those six things are that ChatGPT came up with for me, for you, okay? Exercise regularly. Practice meditation techniques. Number three, eat a healthy diet. Number four, get enough sleep. Number five, connect with others. And number six, set boundaries. Great. 
Thanks very much, ChatGPT. Now I'm going to tell you why. If I had just given you that list of six practices and sent you on your way, it probably wouldn't help you very much to actually deal with your stress. One of the principles underneath my approach, and you'll hear me say this a number of times if you listen to enough of my content, is that information is not transformation. Information is not transformation. You know this to be true in your own life, right? There are things that you don't do that you know that if you did them would make your life better, would somehow give you a better result. And yet you don't do them. Am I right? At the same time, there are things that you do that you know if you did not do them would make your life better, would give you a better result. And yet you continue to do them anyway. When I say you, I really mean all of us, right? We all do this. I do this. So clearly knowing in this case, some of the strategies and practices that you can use to help manage your stress doesn't necessarily help you manage your stress. Even if you learn about new strategies and practices that you didn't know before, really what you end up with is a longer list of things that you know could make a difference, but they don't for whatever reason. This doesn't mean that we're lazy or stupid or undisciplined when these things that we try don't work right away. It illustrates the fact that when it comes to behavior change, knowledge on its own is not enough. So why is that? Humans have what uh, sometimes people refer to as three centers of intelligence. There's the head center, which is the uh, intellect and thinking center, that kind of intelligence. There is the heart center, which is about emotion and feeling. That's a different kind of intelligence. And then there is the body or the gut center, which is about sensation and doing and somatic kinds of intelligence. Each of us has a center that we prefer to use and a second center that we use to support whatever our primary center is. And then there's the third center, which most people, unless they are conscious about trying to integrate it, don't use very well at all. All these ways of knowing are important. When we integrate all of them, when we line up our intelligences so that they work in concert with each other rather than at cross purposes, we are much more adept and resourceful than when we don't. There are different ways of thinking about how these centers, these different kinds of intelligence work. One of those ways is to use the insights that come out of uh, something called neuro-linguistic programming or NLP. Maybe you've heard of this before. What we know from NLP is that the level of our thinking and feeling is determined by the energetic state in our bodies. You can think of it like a pyramid where the base of the pyramid is the energetic state that we're in. And above that is the thinking and feeling that's influenced by that. The arrows go both ways. There's influence going both ways, but it really starts in the body at the level of our energy state. If you have any doubt about this, here's an experiment you can try. I want you to think about something that uh, is frightening or sad for you. Something that frightens you or something that saddens you. Okay, and just sit with that for a moment. It doesn't really matter what it is. 
The idea here is that you are getting in touch with that feeling of being afraid or of being sad. Once you've had a few seconds to do that and you can feel the sadness or you can feel the fear in you. Now, if you're sitting down, please stand up. And I want you to assume this kind of a posture. Put your hands on your hips, put your chest out and your shoulders back and tilt your head up. This is the Superman pose or the Wonder Woman pose. Feel strong, feel like a superhero. You can even put a smile on your face if you want. Do that for a few seconds and then notice what happens to either the fear or the sadness that you were feeling before. That's the power of our physical state to affect our emotions and our thinking. One of the insights of NLP is that when you change your state, all kinds of things that weren't possible before are now possible. The converse is also true, that if you don't change your state and you try and do and incorporate new behaviors and make changes that are outside of the state that you commonly find yourself in, it's going to be very difficult for those to take root and become new patterns of behavior because your state is not supporting the new behavior that you want to adopt. This is part of the reason why information is not transformation. It's why simply knowing something is not enough most of the time to actually have it take an effect in our life. It requires something more. But then the setup gets even worse than that. If you go looking for information on how to manage stress, it's probably because you're feeling stressed. Am I right? See, this, this power of deduction is why my friends call me Sherlock. Okay, so, so you're stressed. Why are you stressed? There are loads of reasons to be stressed right now. You can be stressed about your finances, economy. You can be stressed about employment. You can be stressed about trying to balance work and the rest of your life. Maybe you have children. Maybe you have aging parents who need help. Maybe you have a spouse or friends trying to, you know, be all things to all people. That's stressful. Anxiety over the climate crisis or war or violence or political dissension. There are no shortage of reasons for feeling stress in 2023. So when we're stressed, what do we want? We want to get away from the stress, right? That's the main goal. Over millions of years, humans and other mammals have evolved a specific set of responses and behaviors that are designed to get away from stress or from threat, if you think of it in that way, because the two are kind of, the stress response is usually a response to something which the body perceives to be threatening. You've got this part in your brain called the amygdala and the amygdala fires, and all of this happens instantaneously. All of this happens before we even know it's happening. So the amygdala fires, it sends a signal to the hypothalamus, which in turn communicates to the rest of the body through the autonomic nervous system, particularly through the sympathetic part of the autonomic nervous system. Large quantities of epinephrine and cortisol flow through the bloodstream. Our uh, heart rate increases, our blood pressure increases, blood is pumped into the muscles and away from the internal organs. Uh, so digestion stops or, or decreases significantly. Senses become more alert. The processing senses of, of visual and auditory stimuli become much more available. But other parts of the brain, particularly the prefrontal cortex, which is where the rational, um, higher order, higher level thinking happens, kind of goes offline. The whole system is designed to get this creature out of the threatening environment and into somewhere where it's safe. 
It's what we call the fight or flight response. But this system evolved over millions of years to respond to momentary sources of stress or threat. And the problem now is that stress is chronic. It never ends. It doesn't stop after one minute or five, which is what the human body is designed to deal with. Okay, so you're feeling stress. And the stress just, just doesn't just happen and go away. It is relatively constant. But the impulse is the same for the creature as with the momentary stress to get away from it, except you can't get away from it because it doesn't stop. The financial crisis, I mean, eventually it will change. The climate crisis is not going to change. Pandemics take, you know, a couple years to change. These, these are long-term sources of threat. So how do you get away from a persistent source of threat? Well, the brain, amazing thing that it is, has another solution. It's a hormone called dopamine. Dopamine doesn't remove you physically from threat or from the stressors in your life, but it does do it psychically or psychologically. It makes you feel good. So you're not as bothered about the fact that there are stressors there. If we can't remove ourselves from the things that are stressing us, then we can at least medicate against it. And so we do. And the dopamine works for a while until it doesn't. And then we need another shot of it. The good news is, you know where to go to get your dopamine, the same place you got it last time. And so you keep going back to the well for whatever it is that gives you that hit of feeling good in the midst of whatever's going on around you. Maybe it's alcohol, maybe it's drugs, uh, food, exercise, porn, shopping, video games, thrill-seeking, rage and indignation, whatever it is, it feels good for a while. And in that moment, you forget the stress. And then as the dopamine clears, you become more aware of the stress. And so you go back for more. And now the problem is that not only do you have these things in your environment, which are ongoing sources of stress for you, you also have whatever dependencies you've created in the process of trying to get away from what is stressing you out. So now you're doubly screwed, right? And then you go to the internet looking for a solution. And what do you find? An article by some dude who's telling you to get some exercise and some more sleep. Is that really going to change anything at this point? Probably not. Because you haven't changed your state and you haven't dealt with the dependencies that you've created along the road to trying to medicate yourself from the negative feelings that come with the stress. There's nothing wrong with those solutions. By all means, get some more sleep and get some exercise, unless exercise is one of the things that you're dependent upon. But don't beat yourself up when you try those things and they don't seem to work. You have not failed at life because you tried a couple of new strategies and they didn't work. What's happened is you've neglected to take into account the other variables in the equation. There's one other piece between changing your state and deploying new strategies for dealing with stress. And it has to do with the narrative framework that you have created to make sense of your life. We all have one of these. We all have these stories that we tell 
to answer the fundamental human question, why? Why is the world like this? Why am I like this? Why is this happening? Why can't I dot, 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 fill in the blank? Here's another principle behind my work that you can put next to information is not transformation and that you'll hear me say frequently if you listen to enough of my material. When something is causing you pain, you can either change the thing or if you can't change the thing, you can change the way you relate to it. When something is causing you pain, you can either change the thing that's causing you pain or you can change the way you relate to it. It's the difference between pain and suffering. Pain is the result of a stimulus. Suffering is something that happens when we ha hang on to the fact that we have experienced pain. Some of the magic of NLP is this, that when we change our state, when we examine the stories that we're telling ourselves about why things are the way they are, we have the traction we need to bring online new practices and systems to help manage our stress. Then when we introduce new practices like better diet, exercise, sleep, interpersonal connection, meditation, healthy boundaries, and whatever else we come up with as, as possible practices to help with this, we massively increase the likelihood that we'll be successful, that we'll actually be able to manage our stress in ways that serve us and the people around us. There are other steps in this process, but I'll leave those for another time. I hope this has been helpful to get you thinking a bit differently about what to do to manage the stress in your life. If it has been helpful, please like this episode, share it with someone, leave me a comment below telling me uh, how it's been helpful for you and what it's given you. If you didn't like this episode, please uh, like it anyway and share it with someone anyway and don't bother leaving a comment or just lie and leave a nice comment. Either is fine. I don't care. You can also subscribe to the podcast or the YouTube channel, however you are engaging with this content. And um, believe it or not, I even have a mailing list. 2023, who has a mailing list? It's somewhere below this or, or somewhere in the show notes that you can uh, sign up for that if you'd like to hear more from me. Thanks again for being here. I hope this has served you. I look forward to being able to serve you again, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Personal Story Coach Podcast. What are you taking away with you that can help you change the way you think about your life? I help people, mostly men, gain insight into their current stories and practice telling ones that better align with their purpose and principles. If you'd like to know more about what I'm working on, go to personalstorycoach.com. There you can subscribe to my blog, see my menu of offerings, and sign up for my mailing list. Until next time.